Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I'm bringing you an interview with a female or non-binary maker of all kinds from all over the world. And today's guest is Sandy of Ellie Home. So Sandy has really been interested in the spaces that we live in and how to enjoy those spaces, how we show up to those spaces for quite some time. And she's been designing spaces for friends and family for a while and now is doing that as um, kind of as her as her job and and she's sharing that on Instagram and social media and really sharing both her design aesthetic and the how-to behind that as well as other crafty projects. So great time chatting with Sandy and learning about her journey into the DIY and crafting space. Before we hop into the interview with Sandy, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Katie of Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's, Lefty's Workshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom, Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, uh, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And also a big shout out to uh, Hang Time and Wall Control, helping me to establish this uh, podcast room and making me feel a little bit more legit. So definitely go follow Wall Control at Wall Control and at Hang Time. Hang Time made these fabulous Wall Control panels look like real wood, which is super cool. So definitely go check them out over on Instagram. All right, with no further ado, here is Sandy of Ellie Home. Uh, Sandy, I start by having my guests introduce themselves. So um, would you do that, please? Of course. I'm Sandy and I run Ellie Home. Um, I cover things like DIY design and lifestyle, but for real people. That's kind of my shtick. Um, and I've been doing this for almost three years now um, and really have focused on building up an authentic community of like-minded people. Awesome. So um, to get to like that spot, let's uh, look at, um, you know, I want to know like, where'd you grow up and kind of the pro of how you went from kid to where you're at? Um, I, I was born in England, but I grew up in Canada and I've always been interested in um, being creative so I have an art degree and English degree, education degree. Um, and I was actually a high school teacher and I taught art and English um, for a few years before I fell in love and moved to the States. Um, so it's always like doing something creative has always been a part of my life. Um, and then I took a step back from that because I really wanted to make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I got into education technology. And um, so part of my day job now is as an information systems consultant. And when I'm not doing that, I'm still able to kind of do, you know, get those creative juices flowing by, um, by having this platform. 
Okay. So English and art. I don't think I've ever like, I don't know anybody who's ever put those two together. So <laughs> I feel like they're hand in hand. It's like, you know, loving uh, poetry and writing and loving like the visual arts. Like I feel like it, it kind of, at least in my mind, it goes all together. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I get to like do some of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I can totally see it going together. Were you ever in like looking to go down the like writer's path? Yes, definitely. I always have like a book. I'm always writing a book in my mind, always. Um, but I have never, never written it um, down. Sorry, it's my daughter. No problem. <laughs> yeah, so I always, always have ideas. I'm a big like fantasy nerd. So I always, always have ideas for like what I'd write. I just have never, I've never done it. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day, when, like, yeah. I have like a little bit of extra time. I might just do that. Yeah, I'm kind of in that vein too. It's like I've always like writing a book is something that's on my to-do list. I was, I doubt it's going to still happen this year, but it was definitely something I wanted to push myself towards, but I definitely struggle. It's like, I hear it all in my head and then I sit in front of a blank computer and just nothing comes out that's worthwhile. Um, so what, I mean, what was it about going from like teaching and then kind of into this more like I guess kind of day job stuff is like an independent contractor type thing yeah. right so why I guess leave teaching was it just because of the move or yeah it was I I always you know thought I would continue teaching but just managing your teaching credentials from one country to another country mm -hmm. It just, um, it just worked out that way. I started temping with an organization called Teach for America. Um, and then that really got my start in the tech side of things um, because I was worked there for like six years. Uh, and then it kind of just, I don't know, everything like fell into, kept falling into place one after the other in terms of that part of my career. And then I was just really needing, really needing a creative outlet and, mm -hmm feel really lucky that I was able to like start this Instagram stuff after mm -hmm. so long I, I hesitated for so long to like jump into interior design and to start offering services which is like how I started my Instagram um just because like you know you get that imposter syndrome like who am I to 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 do that even though I'd been doing it for friends and family for so long and then I finally was just like f it we're just we're gonna do it <laughs> Yeah. Um, so can you just share a little bit more like about that? Like was, you said you had been doing design for friends and family for a long time. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always been interested, especially in like being creative in some way, shape or form, but specifically with spaces, because I feel like where we reside impacts us so much. Um, you know, some people read that as, oh, okay, I need to really organize a space and make it look, look pretty. And for me, it's, it's like, I need to have it feel like it's mine. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I've done that since I was a kid, like, you know, always shared a room with my sister. So I wanted to like make my part of the room mine. Uh, and then when she uh, left home, then it was, you know, okay, how do I individualize my own space that then eked out into like all parts of my family home and then, you know, in college and whatnot. So it's always just been something I paid attention to. Mm-hmm. How would you categorize your style? I don't. <laughs> I, I, my mantra is do what you love always. So really my whole thing is like, if you like something, then it works. So, you know, I have like a mid-century modern coffee table. I've got a very like industrial type sofa. I've got a transitional bookcase. I'm putting a brick wall. Like if it works for you, then, then it just works. So maybe that's my style is if it works, if it works, it works. Um, How do you handle that though? If like you're working with clients, like how does that, I mean, I love like a lengthy interview type process to figure out what their style is. I really like connecting with people. So what I do is I have, I have like a very brief questionnaire that people fill out first and foremost. And I always ask for um, if people have like Pinterest boards or some Mm -hmm. sort of inspo that they've been looking at that really helps. And then I ask questions um, like how they want the space to feel things like that. So that kind of kicks things off. And then otherwise it's just, I love like hearing from people directly Obviously with COVID, it's not very in-person, it's on the phone or what have you. I love hearing from people about what they love and what their what their end goals for the space are. And that gets like the wheels turning. I find it so much easier to work on client spaces than my own home. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and it, because I'm not emotionally invested in that space, I can kind of see objectively like, oh, here's what here's what I can do to help you achieve your, you know, space dream. But it's so much harder to do, to do my own because I'm like in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like our house, we've lived here now almost seven years or no, we've lived here seven years and like it's totally there's no design aspect whatsoever (laughs) and 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 you know I I'll talk with my wife and be like can we just pick like one room just (laughs) one room to say like we're actually gonna really try here and like you know come together on some kind of style and how we want to like set it up and everything like that and it's like we get you know decent into the conversation and then it just falls apart and so then the room just stays the way it is um I feel like that's true for so many people. And that's why I kind of like having this platform where I hope that I'm able to show people like you could just do a little bit. You could do like mini projects. Don't have to do like the whole big thing, but there's hopefully little things that you can like inject, you know, because Mm -hmm. there might not be a design aspect, like you said to your, to, you know, a room, particular room in your house, but there's things you love in there. You know, you've got like maybe like, you know, a poster or artwork or tchotchkes, mm-hmm. those are things that can like get the ball rolling. But yeah, you both, you and your wife both have to like agree to say, okay, we're going to paint this wall. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we tend to ha- like do much better with like our kids spaces. 
like yeah. that's something we can that's like it's like it's work on together yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and and they are you know and it's I guess to your point it can be easier to run with because they'll be like well this is what I want yeah so exactly. then it's like you know like my son uh he turns eight this weekend and he's like big into video games and Minecraft and so you know his room currently still reflects like his like four-year-old self and so it's like you know so it's like he's like come on can we please just redo my room and this is what I want yeah and you know and it's like okay I can work with that I can find like Minecraft themed stuff you know that type of thing but I think maybe I like we struggle as adults because we like some similar things but I would say like overall our styles are like on the exact opposite spectrum of each other (laughs) I empathize with that because I yeah my husband and I rarely agree initially on design choices and it's like a whole process Mm -hmm. point where we both feel really good about it yeah 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 exactly so I mean is that like you know you like you talked about in your intro and stuff so you're doing also like the DIY Mm -hmm. aspect of things so like what is more like what do you feel you're more geared towards with like Instagram like help helping others figure out what they want to do and do it on their own or kind of, or the, you know, having a client and helping them do it. On the Instagram side, I'm focused on like the community that I'm building there. And with the hopes that some of them will then want to be my clients as well. So the emphasis is really on what can I help you with in your home that you can feel comfortable taking on. And at the same time, if there are things you're not comfortable taking on or you need a little help or you need a little like zhuzh, then, you know, come on my way and mm-hmm. and, and hire me. Um, because I think with Instagram, like it's a great marketing tool. It's a great social tool, but it's not, you know, I don't want to give everything away because my clients pay me to do specific work for them. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like draw that line of what content I'm sharing for free versus what content, you know, I'm putting my time and energy in for, for clients. So mm-hmm. the Instagram community is a lot of, Hey, I'm doing this right now. If I can do it, you can do it. And then hopefully bringing in some clients um, along the way. Where do you think this like idea or, maybe identity of like, I'm going to do DIY for like the regular person type thing. Where do you, where do you think that comes from? I, I know exactly where it comes (laughs) from. I like constantly, and I still battle this. I constantly feel like I am not living up to what I see online. Like you see people who are building their own like built-in bookcases or like they're building their own kitchens, like, and that stuff's cool. But I kind I got sick of feeling like if they can do it, why can't I do it? I think that's like a very Virgo like mindset very, and a very probably like, um, well, I'm, if you believe in like the Myers-Briggs and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm an INFJ and it's a very, very like common trait where we look at something and, and go, oh yeah, I could do that. 
And I got really sick of like constantly being down on myself that I wasn't doing these huge mm -hmm. projects that obviously these folks have time and energy and probably, you know, money to put into. And so started to really think about, well, I just need to start talking about what I can do in my home. And I need to start feeling good about projects that I can complete in my home and that I have completed and then share that with people. And that's slowly as I started to find that voice, that's when my community started to grow and to feel like I was connecting more with people because I wasn't trying to be like mm -hmm. other, almost like un unattainable feeling, perfect looking people in homes. Mm -hmm. I could just... I could just be me and be real. Um, and that's really how it came about because I could show projects that are on the more aspirational side. Like I built a reading nook and that might not be something someone does, you know, mm -hmm. every day, but I took people along with it and showed the ups and downs and showed like how I put things together, not as a, Hey, look at me. I'm amazing. But more as a, if I can figure out how to do this, you probably can too. Mm -hmm. And then mixing that with the smaller projects that I do, that I love to do, that anybody can do. Hey, makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. Com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. And I think... I think you hit on like a ton of stuff there. <laughs> one, one, I think. I just need to ramble too. No, no. I, it, yeah, that's not to say if, uh, you were rambling at all, but I think, um, I think you hit on a lot of stuff just because I feel like a lot resonated. Like for me, like, yes, I follow, you know, these big like DIY accounts and I'm just like, wow, you did this amazing, huge build-in thing and it looks amazing. And it's like, Sometimes I'm like, I just want that in my home now without having to do yeah. any of the work. Like, I just want it done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but like, not just the DIYs, but in general, like whatever your thing is, right? Like, I follow the greats in carving because that's my thing. And I am like hugely inspired by all of the amazing things they do. But that is a double-edged sword because then when there's times where maybe I'm feeling like I'm I haven't gone far enough or gotten where I want to be right now um looking at those accounts just as like pouring salt on the wound right of like like I, oh. <laughs> so sometimes like I regularly curate my uh the accounts that I follow 
Mm -hmm. because sometimes you just can't, you have to remove it from your view. You can't, you can't deal with that, you know? Um, so the, I try to really choose accounts that I am inspired by, but that it still feels like you, you want someone not to be, you don't want to be condescended to, you yeah. want to like be brought along. And mm -hmm. that's like where I'm trying to like be inspired by those bigger accounts who do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, I mean, the other thing I feel like really resonated in part because of, you know, other conversations I've had with the podcast is just that, like, that feeling of looking at those accounts and then thinking, like, not understanding that that person is just as much of a hot mess as you are once that camera goes off. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, like, you know, there is something too, like, you know, as like both of us can sit and talk, we're curating content for our Mm -hmm. Instagram right we're like intentionally setting certain camera angles and yeah. doing certain videos and all of this and those are definitely authentically us because it comes from us but it's also generally with the viewpoint of like I want this to look the best it can for yeah. the viewer and so I think and I think the more you grow and you grow especially if you grow based on that perfect life type picture that you're, you're setting up, it can be harder to show the like, yeah, the crap behind the scenes, the, I moved everything in my shop over to this wall so that I could get this like, per, you know, perfect <laughs> picture. I, I recently stopped <laughs> doing that and it was so freeing to show like, like right now I, I, uh, I'm doing, con I'm sharing content on my Instagram stories of a side table that I built and my garage is a hot mess. Like I, and I can't for the life of me figure out how to clean it. So I can either choose not to show any behind the scenes content in my garage because it's just not, it's not going to get clean mm -hmm. or I can show it and just be like, you know, fine. This is what my garage looks like. And it's so freeing to just be like I'm, I'm a hot mess and I'm still going to try this thing. And it really, really is, is amazing. And I try like when I do like brand partnerships um, before um, when I was starting out, you know, you'd get like this list of requirements that say like your house must, you know, must be beautifully shot. Do mm -hmm. not have a messy home. And I, I won't work with people like that anymore because I'm like, my house is messy mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time. Like 30 seconds after it's cleaned, it's messy. Yes. So there's no way that I'm being authentic to me if I am going to shove everything that may not fit into a shot out of that shot, because then I'm just going to be making someone feel bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's very freeing to just not do that anymore. Yeah. 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 I think, I think there's a level of like sharing yourself and being authentic without it also coming off as fake, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like there's yeah. definitely, I think some people I feel like who share about their lives to be authentic and it doesn't necessarily come off that way. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, because it's such a beast, right? You never, yeah. you never know 
what's going to resonate with people. You never know what, like which one of your posts or your stories or your reels or whatever is going to take off. You, you really can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're just like bringing you to the table, like it's just like making friends, right? Someone's mm-hmm. going to, someone's not going to like you. Right. <laughs> so I can just like talk to camera and which feels like I'm just talking to one person. I can just be myself and I can just talk like I would if I was making a new friend. And that feels so much more real than if I'm like memorizing a script or, you know, creating a perfect corner, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have time. I, I have like, I'm working two full-time jobs. I've got, you know, an insane, almost six-year-old. I can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that was the best advice and I don't even, it's been so long now that I don't remember who said it, but I think it was the best advice to basically, especially in stories or really any filming, just yeah. act like you're talking to your best friend and informing them what's going on in your life. Like, exactly. if you and do, if you do that, it comes off real because you're being real, right? Oh, Instead so of. Anytime I like talk to my best friend, um, she's like, oh yeah, I already know what's happening because you told me already. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. You watched my <laughs> stories, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Because I could talk about this stuff all day. I could talk about DIY design, especially. I could talk about it all day. I love when people ask me questions. I love when people want to know, like, you know, they, they're curious about something. And if they ask in a polite mm-hmm. way, like I could talk about it for hours on end. And that is at, it, at, at like at our foundation, what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We want to mm-hmm. find other nerds that are that want to mm-hmm. talk about it. <laughs> I know. I think I've, I think I've told this story before in the podcast. So people listening will just have to bear with me, but, um, I, there was, uh, like an art show that I took some pieces to years ago now. Um, and there was like a woodworker who came up and was checking out one of my pieces and started asking about like the process and him and I spent like, I don't know, like 30, 45 minutes just talking about like how that piece was made and tools and all of this stuff. And one of my younger sisters happened to be there with me. And after he left, she's like, oh, my God, you are such a geek. Like, I've never seen you, like, do that with somebody before. And it's like, well, it's because it's I'm passionate about it. And I enjoy talking with somebody else who's, like, just as passionate or finds it just as fun uh, to talk about. We don't have, you know, doing this kind of creative work, we don't have colleagues like you normally would. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sitting at a desk nine to five. I mean, you might be as... Right, right. But in this part of what we're doing, and so you have to find people like that. Like some of my closest friends, I have not met in person, Mm -hmm. but like I would trust them with my life, you know, which is so crazy about this like field that we've chosen, uh, Mm -hmm. social media, because like you just find those people who can nerd out with you, and that's all you need. Exactly. So how long have you been doing it, this whole like Instagram and DIY and stuff? Um, It has been, it's been about two and a half years now um, since I started, I think it was two and a half years, started in January, um, since I started my page and yeah, I think that's just a short answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's been, it feels like it's longer and then yeah. it doesn't, but yeah, no, it's, it's been almost three years. I, I mean, I know, especially in the space of DIY, like there's definitely more and more women in that space on, especially on Instagram. Um, but I want to kind of just ask you a little bit about like your experience of, um, you know, being a woman of color in that space. I mean, that's really why I started my page in the first place, because I didn't, I didn't see anybody who looked like me doing design, interior design, which was how I started. And the reason that I, I realized later as I got going with my page that I didn't see that is because I was only following white women, mm -hmm. like before I became a creator. And when you do that, Instagram then only recommends like mm -hmm. people. And now I talk a lot about like teaching people how to, you know, diversify and make their feeds more representational. But once I started my page, then I started to find other people who looked like me and were also interested in the same things. And that's like such a huge moment of being able to see yourself Mm -hmm. especially as I found um, accounts that were, there weren't a lot of, I mean, in all honesty, there was, were not any established accounts no. of Indian women mm -hmm. uh, or Desi women. And I'm fortunate enough to like have met people at the start of my work who now are like the industry standard. And it's so freaking cool to see someone's trajectory and see other folks coming up who are then inspired by that, mm -hmm. um, which I just love to see. So it's, it's, it's interesting because like women of color are still, we're still trying to find the right word. Not, we're like the chocolate chip in the cookie. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not completely balanced. Nope. And I think that's true with anything that's representational or that you want to be representational. The norm is still, you know, blonde Southern white woman, <laughs> stay at home mom who mm -hmm. seemingly has like this huge house and tons of time on her hands. And I realize that's like a little facetious and, you know, not indicative of a lot of the people that I know, but that's like what you see as the norm. Yep. So anybody else who doesn't fit that, it feels like you have more work to do to come up mm -hmm. to that level of like, oh, we are also the, the norm, you mm -hmm. know? Everybody wants to be some sort of norm. Mm -hmm. And instead what I'm trying to do and what I try to tell people is like, if you, if you just follow who you like, you're going to automatically be shown other people who would then fit that bill. Yeah. You know, because not everybody, hardly anybody <laughs> anymore, like wants that one so-called norm anymore. There's so much else out there. So it's definitely been, it's, it's been, and it still is difficult to like mm -hmm. feel like you have a seat at that table, but I've just started like, I just built my own table because <laughs> I can mm -hmm. build stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 
So it's always, I mean, I, I think things have definitely gotten better. At least I can see for some of my peers, you know, um, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm never like as wholly hopeful about how fast growth and change happens like that. Oh yeah. Um, since you mentioned earlier about like brand sponsorship, yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to spend a little time about talking of the overlap of those two things, brand sponsorship sure. and then uh, being a woman of color in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like brands are embracing adding diversity into their? I have in this last year, I've seen it grow. Um I think it could be a lot better, but you definitely see um, you see brands like like the big guns, like you know, West Elm comes to mind, mm-hmm. who are part of like the fifteen percent pledge, um, which is this initiative by that's trying to get brands to um, make fifteen percent of their um, their like vendors and you know partnerships and things include people of color. Um, so you you see that shift. And so in order to make that shift, then they have to work with more influencers of color as well. Um, I don't know, like me, because I have relatively, relative to like my peers in the space, I have a very small community. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say definitively that like, I don't get to work with the brands that I would dream to work with because of, right. you know, my standing or because of the size of my community. So I don't know, but it doesn't always like, you have that like gut moment where you're like, uh, I see your page is very white. Mm-hmm. It's very, very white and very straight. And yeah, but the brands that I really love and the small businesses, it's usually the small businesses that start the trends, right? In terms mm-hmm. of being inclusive, they are doing a really great job of sharing diverse content and diverse creators but like i said right it's i'm never as wholly hopeful Mm -hmm. that that change is is i can see it happening but it's never as fast as we want it to happen (laughs) no unfortunately yeah (laughs) um i mean i i totally get what you say like when i have a brand reach out to me or somebody it doesn't even have to be a brand that reaches out to me and wants to collab on something before I ever send anything back in response ever. I go straight to their page. And if it's all white <laughs> and all straight, then usually my response is no, thank you. Um, you know, because uh, I don't want to be a token. I don't never want to be like a token anything. And I also don't want to be out there repping a brand yeah that isn't inclusive to what I've really worked hard at to get a a diverse you know yeah exactly group of friends and and people that I interact with like I wouldn't like to me I'm like if I was any if I was one of my friends who happens to be a person of color and then I saw me repping this brand that's like completely (laughs) you know, whitewashed and whatnot, like I would be 
I would feel not just offended, but hurt that like, yeah, it would seem like money comes before yes values in that sense, you know? Exactly. And I think, I mean, so there are different types of influencers and content creators and I think it's harder for the folks who are primarily brand influencers, which is, you know, a very lucrative career and can be Mm -hmm. fruitful for folks. It's very difficult for those folks to like find and curate the brands of value that share the values and the people who do that well, do it so well. And I find it so aspirational that they're able to, you know, provide for their families while really sticking to their guns. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that influencer because I think like there's no way I could make enough money to support my family because I'm just like a, a shitty businesswoman. <laughs> just damn. So I, but then I have this privilege now of getting to choose who I want to work with. Not like, you know, if Home Depot comes calling, like, you know, that's <laughs> choosing them, that's them, that's me right. begging them. Um, but I have like, narrow down the brands that I will work with mm-hmm. uh, and like continue to try to partner with them over and over again. And that works for me, but it, it's just, it's hard, it's hard because like, it's such a weird career choice to <laughs> be an influencer mm-hmm. you know, because at its crux of it. I mean, you are essentially trying to like you know, influence people to buy and to create. And so it's like a, it's a fine line that you, that you have to balance because money can't come first. Mm-hmm. Things will not happen, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also, great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code maker mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Um, I think I've also like, personally, I've also taken the route that if a brand is reaching out to me for something and I go to their page and I see that they're not very diverse. Yeah. I will generally push back with a no, uh, but here are some influencers I think that you should go work with and they're always going to be people of color and they're they're always going to be, you know, generally women um, or non-binary because it's like, you know, and they may say no, and they may never, ever reach out to those people, but it's like, it's the, like, only way I can see to, like, push back without being, like, combative in the sense of, like, I, this is what I think you need to include, like, (laughs) you know, because guess what, people that look like this are using your product as well, so, (laughs) like, let's uh, be representative of that. (laughs) Yeah, 
you know, represent, I mean, it's just so, the more that you do things like that and that we use our platforms to share other creators, especially like women of color, the more then that brands will see that those are the communities that people want to be a part of. And so those are the folks that they should be working with to market their products. Like it's, it's ends up being this like snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one last, I guess, question around this, just because you said something about it a little bit ago of, you said you share and talk with people about how to diversify Mm -hmm. their, uh, their accounts. Like, um, I guess, can you just talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So one way I do that is I regularly share Usually it's, it's women of color, but I also, I mean, representation to me includes not just like people of color, but also queer persons as well. Mm -hmm. So it could include, um, some dudes who are also (laughs) out there as well, but by and large, it's, it's, it's women. Um, so I use my own platform to share people that I think my community should know. And so that's a great way for folks to, start to diversify their feeds is ask the, your favorite creators who they love, what people of color or by POC people that they really love or queer persons that they follow, ask that question because it does two things. One, it gets you to know whether this person that you're following who you may really admire is actually knowledgeable about that. And two, you might get some great recommendations of people that you hadn't heard of before. And then once you start doing that, once you start following people who maybe were not part of your regular, you know, feed, Instagram will start recommending more of those folks mm-hmm. and start showing more of that uh, content on your, um, what is it called? The explore page. Yeah. Um, and that's just like a natural thing that starts to occur. The other way to do it is by checking hashtags. So lo- local hashtags. Um, to your state or your city, checking things like, um, you know, by POC creator hashtag, or um, it could be like WOC maker, like there's all, you know, Mm -hmm. think about the thing that you're looking for and add um, some sort of person of color tag to it. um, And that will show you an endless amount of, of stuff out there as well. Um, and then like, ask your friends, go see who your friends are following. And you might be surprised at, at who is also, you know, in their community as well. So there's, I think the way to build community is to actually like go into your community mm-hmm. and meet it. Um, and so that's what I really, I like to talk about and share as well. Now, I mean, obviously you've, you've spent time curating your community, um, mm-hmm. you know, to a large degree, but I'm curious, do you ever get any pushback from like sharing stuff like that? Um, um, I've been really fortunate. I've been really fortunate. I have received very few like trolly or <laughs> like jerky messages. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because for the majority of my time that I've been building my, my community, I have been myself. So like what, you know, this is who I am. I'm vocal about, you know, things that I find logical that some people on the internet don't find logical. So if you're here, like, you know that. Mm -hmm. So I've been really fortunate. I don't get a lot of pushback. 
Um, and when I do, I have this message, like I won't interact with anybody who doesn't approach me with kindness. I just won't do it. So if someone like says like, you know, you suck, I'm not even going to reply to that. They're just mm-hmm. going to be blocked and I, I move on. Um, but if someone approaches like with kindness, then we can have a conversation, but I've just been really lucky that that doesn't really happen. Um, yeah, I feel very lucky about that. that like the people <laughs> who are there are there because they too want to like, you know, learn DIY tips while mm-hmm. also being inclusive AF. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Let's pivot a bit and talk about shop space. Like, where are you getting to create and when you get to create? Oh, my house is a hot mess. Um, <laughs> the I, the goal was to have my garage be my workshop. And it just, it's impossible right now. Like my, I feel so bad for my poor husband. Like he, he's tried so hard to like get it under control. And we're both Virgos and very disorganized. It's just a hot, hot mess. So when I can create there, when I have stuff like larger stuff to build, I will, but I kind of have to like put my blinders on and not look at like mm-hmm. the pile of boxes or trash or whatever. Um, and then I do have my office where I finally did organize. I put like a bunch of under bed storage because it's my office and guest room. Um, so I do have a, like a small desk area that I can create in as well. Um but I don't have, I don't have like a really good dedicated area that makes me want to create. I have to, I'm really like forcing myself to come up with the ideas and then just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm hoping to change that this year because I just need, I need that. I need like that space that is just mine that like feels not too busy, feels open where I can create. Um, But unfortunately I'll still have to go to my messy garage when I want to build stuff. I understand. It was until last year, last summer, actually, about this time, before I actually, like, really got my shop space, like, organized and and working. Like, it was always in a state of a mess, you know, and, like, moving the mess from one workbench to another so I could, like, work, actually do stuff. Um, well, when you're DIYing in your home or in client spaces too, I always have like, I, you know, doing, redoing the basement, I had to take all my tools that I was working with mm-hmm. down the basement and they're still in a basket in the basement when I had organized the garage to like put them in the garage. And then the, now the garage is unorganized. So <laughs> yeah, now they're homeless again. It's just like, yeah, I can't win. I can't, can't win. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> Um, what's your, like, what's your favorite, like, thing, I guess, to make or do? I love painting. Paint is, um, transformational, affordable, and so powerful. It's like, painted all my interior doors black. That was, like, so, so big for our home because it immediately made it feel like less 90s beige Mm -hmm. but I truly believe like you can change any space with a little bit of paint and that's so zen for me like I don't tape anything off if I can help it 
I have very specific brush that I like to use that I feel control and then you get into like this zone and I love it. Yeah. Even when I do client projects, you're supposed to like hire out the painting and I usually don't. I usually do it myself because I enjoy it. <laughs> you want to you wanna come do my paint work or pretty, or pretty much like probably 90% of the people out there that I know that's like, I know, everybody painting. it's just so, I don't know. I love it. I think it's because like, to me, it feels immediate. Like within an, an hour, a couple hours, I can transform a room. Whereas, you know, the wall that I, I'm looking at, the my unfinished brick wall right now that I started, what, like a week ago, and it's probably going to take me another couple weeks to be done. Whereas had I like, you know, painted that wall, it, it would already have been done. So painting is like the best magic trick there is. I can see that. I can see the benefit of the rewards. I am yeah. still just not on board for the actual doing of it. Um, you hire me then. You're going to have to hire me and I will change your mind. <laughs> um, when, when you see the future, I, it sounds like you want to get to a point where this is like your full-time Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So what do you imagine for that, I guess, future state? So... This August, I'm hosting a virtual summit, and it's specifically catered towards homeowners and renters, um, because I hadn't seen anything out there like that. And in the future, like, I want to continue to do stuff like that. I want to continue to be able to bring people together to learn and improve and grow skills. And hopefully like match that with then my own content that I'm creating. So I want to be able to like, I don't want to be like some CEO or anything like that. I just want to be able to support my family while also bringing people together who are like-minded and want to grow these skills. And so that's like, if this summit goes well, which I, you know, fingers crossed, I, I hope it does um, this August, August 26th. Um, then I can keep doing that. I can keep growing that and what that would look like, you know? Mm -hmm. I would love to have a podcast. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I have a tendency to ramble. So it could just be like five hours of me each week, like just rambling on and on. But um, that that summit is like the, the turning point of, I, I think, what I'm trying to achieve. What, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that summit. So it's skill building and it's, um, it's yeah, largely skill building and community building and it's supposed to be super inspiring for folks. We're going to have about 14 hours of content, both live and pre-recorded um, that folks will get with their ticket. So it'll be things like DIY and craft demos, styling tips, organizing tips, we're going to have a panel of influencers who are known for using color in their home who are going to teach people how to like bring that to their own home we've got professional interior designers who are going to share their tips so a bunch of different kinds of content and sessions that will be all virtual because you know of this world that we're still in um and it's all for homeowners and renters um yeah okay um what, how long have you been working on this idea? Uh, for a few months, uh, for a few months now. So yeah, three or four months, I've been trying to like pull all the pieces together. 
Um, <laughs> and I, I feel really lucky. Like uh, pretty much everybody I asked to to be part of it said yes. Um, and I think that's a testament to this community that I've built where like the people that I work with, the people that I know are really in it for each other and to, like build each other up. Um, so I think it's going to be really great to like bring that to an audience to show like these are the creators who really are here to help you make your home be freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely wish you luck with that. Um, Thank you. It's no small feat to like pull together any event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a budget and like maybe help, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing it really scrappy and solo. <laughs> I also get that. Um, I'm paying attention to our time. And so we are getting close to the end of our time. So I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can, you know, find you and follow along with you. Yes, I am on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, all of the platforms at Ellie Home, E-L-L-E-E-H-O-M-E. -E -E. Um, and I'm there pretty much every day of the week. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. How, where's the Ellie part come in for Ellie Home? Well, my OGs know when I started my page, it was called Lazy Eye Design. And that just kind of evolved uh, I used to use the acronym LE a lot. And so that just evolved into LE. Um, <laughs> and that's really it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're still a little lazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just fancy. fancy just, just, just fancier with it. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, I'll include the links um, to all of those in the show notes so people can awesome, find you. you easily. And um, thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you. This was so fun. I appreciate it. It was. All right. So again, that was Sandy of Ellie Home. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. So just look for the description in whatever podcast app you are listening to this on. And if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you can find it in the description down below there as well. If you enjoyed today's episode and any of the previous episodes, please make sure that you are subscribed and share with a couple of friends. All right. So I have a goal right now, trying to hit 10,000 downloads a month. Right now I'm averaging about 2,500. So help me hit that 10,000 downloads a month. And you want to know why I'm trying to hit that? Because I want to hit that big 100,000 downloads. And I want all of these fantastic makers, all these women non-binary folks to have their stories heard by so many people. Um, I strongly believe if you listen to this podcast, you know this about me, that representation matters. And I want that representation seen and heard by as many people as possible so that we can influence the next generation of makers coming up. So please, please, please help us reach that 10,000 downloads a month. I can tell you right now for this month, for the month of July, we are sitting at 1800 downloads. So let's keep it going. Let's strive for that 10,000. Um, if we hit a month with 10,000 downloads, I can tell you that I will come, 
hell or high water, I will find a way to have a live podcast episode at WorkbenchCon in February 2022. And I will make sure that I get Ashley Minnie there to sing it live, the intro song. So let's make this happen. Go team. Um, When I am not making podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all the social media. Best place to find me on a daily basis, though, is Instagram and TikTok. You can see what shenanigans I am up to. Come on by, shoot me a message, say hi, tell me if I'm me through the podcast. I love hearing that. Okay, we're heading into a weekend. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. Solution for the toxic masculinity is pollution is the constant evolution of-